it's interesting that our progress in astronomy uh, in the last hundred years has opened up the universe, at least for our conception of the universe, uh, tremendously. So that's a part of the expansion of consciousness of humanity. There's what's been called the, the ages, the astrological ages, the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And so those ages have certain qualities. Um, and in terms of the human kingdom, those those ages produce certain types of civilizations with certain value systems. And so we're now uh, going from a, an age where there's much more of a selfishness that needed to be developed in, in human beings um, and a separation to now a global consciousness and a higher consciousness. And those, you can see that working out in the political system in the world um, and the system of economics. It, it's all um, conflicted because there are people who have the ideal of wanting to share the, the resources of the world to help humanity in some way. And there's other people who want to just keep things the way they are because their lives are doing just fine and they're making money and, and so on. So there's two value systems that are conflicting with each other. Um, and you see them mostly working out in the political arena where the power lies. And that was a foretaste of this episode of the Planetary Makeover Show. Featuring a deep look into who we are in light of the ancient science of energy that explains why we can expect the complete resolution of the current chaos and conflict. In response to the growing voices of an awakening humanity, we bring you evidence that divine help is at hand to work with us to create a hopeful future that works for everyone. Hello everyone, I'm your host David Mina. Now nearly everyone has a concept of what we mean by God, and most everyone has, possesses some understanding of the word soul and what it entails. But when have we ever heard those two words spoken of in the same breath as science? Not too often, I'd wager. Well, you will on this show, where we will examine more closely our role in this great mystery we call life. You may recall that Albert Einstein proved that matter and energy are one in the same, and that one can be converted into the other. The idea is that the very fabric of matter Neutrons, electrons, protons is made of this etheric thing called energy. Physicists who use that term are closer to the mark than even they realize the term etheric. They know there's something there. Their instruments tell them that much, but their scientific equipment is not sensitive enough to calibrate this elusive and subtle substance. For now, they call it dark matter. But for this show, we want you to focus on the word etheric. Now, today we have two guests, Elisa Graf from Steierberg, Germany, and Rich Teich from San Francisco, California. They are going to talk to us about the actual etheric structures that spiritual energy embodies from the atom to the soul of man on up to God itself. They will lay out for us an esoteric science of energy, which originates in the ancient texts from the Himalayas, commonly known as the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. You will also learn how to utilize in a very practical application of a way to to actually perform and experience this energy. And that's going to happen very early in the show. Elisa Graft is a writer, translator, esotericist, podcaster, and mother of two. Welcome, Elisa. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And our other guest, Rich Tyke is an Air Force Academy graduate with degrees in psychology and East-West studies. Welcome, Rich. Oh, thank you, David. 
Now, Elisa, talk to us about who, in essence, we are. We're actually spiritual beings expressing through personalities in the physical world. We're not dense physical bodies. We're really light. But that light takes form on this planet as our dense physical body, astral body, and mental body. The prayer that we are going to share today is an affirmation, and it can bring us to experience that we are spiritual beings expressing through personalities in the physical world. It can help us to experience our true self. And uh, so, Rich, if you want to chime in, this prayer, the uh, the new world prayer, how does it express this reality that Elisa just outlined for us? Well, it, it talks about that the creator of the universe is manifesting itself through us as individuals on our emotional and mental and, and physical dimensions. And that by expressing itself through us, it realizes itself and we realize that we are one with God. So is there a special way to say this prayer? And if so, how is it done? Well, the prayer is actually an affirmation. And according to esotericist artist and author Benjamin Krim, he says that all such prayers or mantras depend on for their effect the application of the focused will what is referred to by the Master D.K. as fixed in intention. And the Master D.K. was responsible for the Alice Bailey books, which are a large collection of esoteric teachings from the Masters. So the most effective way to say it, to say this affirmation, this prayer, uh, it's called the New World Prayer, is to say or think the words with the focused will, the attention at the Ajna center between the eyebrows. And in this way, when we say it, the mind grasps the meanings of the, the meaning of the concepts, and in, and simultaneously the will is brought to bear, and these concepts are then activated in us, and the, then the mantra has its effect. Why don't we go ahead and read the New Age prayer and do a meditation for just one minute? Okay, I want to remind people to focus their attention at the Ajna Center, which is the chakra between the eyebrows, and also to really focus on, on the words as you say them aloud. The New World Prayer. I am the creator of the universe. I am the father and mother of the universe. Everything comes from me. Everything shall return to me. Mind, spirit, and body are my temples for the self to realize in them my supreme being and becoming. Well, now that we have said the prayer for the new age and meditate on it, Rich, could you give us a little analysis of that? Oh, yes. Thank you, David. Um, there's three aspects to, to human beings uh, from the highest level down to our lowest, lowest personality level that's reflected in this. So the, begins, the beginning is, um, I am the creator of the universe. I am the father and mother of the universe. Everything comes from me and everything shall return to me. So it's not that you are the personal creator of the universe. It's that you're identifying with this higher aspect of yourself, which is one with the creator of the universe. So is an affirmation. It means that you are intending that you will realize your true nature as the higher, the higher being that you are. And so that's what's new about the new age. People just think about themselves as a separate personality, a separate body. But in fact, in the new age, people will realize the higher aspect of themselves. And that's one of the goals for this new age. So 
everything comes from me, everything shall return to me, is, is like the reincarnational aspect where um, the soul, is, is, which is the aspect of yourself, which has all your personality memories um, down through your time uh, in incarnation. And it's a, it's a breathing forward and a, and a pulling back again at the end of your life. And what you retain, of course, is all your experience that you have. And hopefully your intelligence and your love will turn that into wisdom. And eventually that all, all that you have become through your incarnational process <clears throat> will be returned to the highest aspect of yourself, that aspect of God, which in technical terms is called the monad. And that that will be put at service to, to the plan of, of, of God through the purpose of God on this planet. So each person being a spark of God realizes themselves who they truly are and the personality over all the incarnations, all that experience is stored in the soul. It's turned into intelligence, into love wisdom, and into will or purpose, and is put at the service of the whole being who ensouls this planet and the solar system. So the purpose of this affirmation is that you can begin to think about yourself in that way, intending that, that that's who you will become. So energy follows thought. So as you put this thought out of who you really are and what you intend to be, then your your energy of who you are will begin to follow that. And so you will begin to manifest that. But you first have to start with the intention that that's the case. Thank you for elucidating that, Richard. It makes the prayer mean so much more. I know it does to me, and I'm sure to a lot of other people who may have heard it for the first time today or who have been practicing it for years. And that's the New World Prayer, also known in some circles, not to confuse anyone, as the prayer for the New Age. So those two would be one in the same. And since you put this in a larger context for us and shown us that we're more than just the sum of our parts or the person we see in the mirror, I'd like to talk about the personality and get into what the personality is, because this is generally what we all think we are or identify with. And perhaps you could expand upon that for us. Well, there's the physical body, of course, and many of us are still at a point where we identify very strongly with the physical body. Most people do. Um, the physical body also has an etheric counterpart, which is like the blueprint of the body. Um, so it's, uh, they're kind of seen in, as sort of one, essentially. So we generally just think of the physical body, but there's an etheric counterpart, which is at a higher vibration um, as well. Then there's also the astral or emotional body, and that's where our emotions reside. We, we Most of us are actually situated, in a sense, in terms of our consciousness on the astral or emotional level. And then there's a mental body, of course, and the mental plane where the mental body exists or resides is also the plane on which the masters can be found. That's the plane they operate from. Um, these three components, the emotional or astral, the mental and the dense physical with its etheric counterpart, these make up from the esoteric point of view, the personality. And this personality changes from life to life, of course, because um, we're only here for a time and then we're gone again for a bit, but we come back. <laughs> right. So we come back again and again. There's reincarnation. Uh, tell us more. Well, in order to evolve, it takes many, many hundreds of thousands of life experiences. And so it's a very long process um, for us to evolve through from the dense physical, from our orientation, our identification with that to who we really are as souls in incarnation and beyond. So but maybe Rich would like to add something to that. Yes, the the soul um, that's sometimes called the solar angel um, is the intermediary between the, the aspect of God that's reflected in, in the will, the purpose of the being who ensouls the planet, um, the love and the wisdom aspect, which is embodied by the, the masters, um, and the intelligence aspect um, that understands what 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 this plan is is being executed. We're we're in a part of a process where um, the the being who souls this planet, the planetary logos, it's called, 
um, has a purpose that's working out through the entire manifestation of this planet and over billions of years. And that purpose is produced, uh, as, as brought down to a lower level by the, the highest, um, human, highest basically representatives of humanity, which we call the masters. The masters then work with humanity to have this plan work out as far as humanity is concerned um, onto the physical plane over what we would call civilizations and cultures that last for thousands of years. Um, and it's the purpose of humanity ultimately to be this intermediary between God and the lower kingdoms that we would call the animal, vegetable, and the mineral. And, and everything is evolving. Uh, everything is conscious, even from an atom up to the, the galaxy. Um, and the, everything is, over time, uh, is manifesting some destiny that's unique to that particular kingdom in nature. And there's, there's, a, there's a purpose for everything in the universe. Um, and so for the, the reason this New Age prayer is important is that we recognize, we, we try to intend that we realize who we are, and then you come in contact ultimately with the purpose of why we are here as a humanity, as a planet. So that's the realization that we're aiming toward. And the soul remembers all of these experiences? Yes. This, um, the, there's a, an intermediary hierarchy of beings that we call the solar angels, and they are emanated from the heart of God. Um, and they are, are in the, kind of the embodiment of in, intelligence. That's why they manifest themselves on this highest level of the mental plane. So the mental plane is actually divided into two parts. It's a concrete part and, a, and, a, and an abstract part. And so the, the solar angels are producing um, a body out of themselves as sentient beings that humanity in its personality, this lower mental, emotional, and physical aspects, can then uh, find a union with the highest aspect of itself, which is this spark of God that we call the monad. So in the evolutionary process, um, something forms a link between the highest aspect, which can't come down to our low level, and the lowest aspect we might even call early animal man, and which has in itself and through the evolutionary process of the body uh, developed a rudimentary mind and a, and a certain amount of emotional abilities and, and a physical body. Over this evolutionary process, then the soul begins to contact um, this uh, lower personality uh, and begin to influence it and raise its vibration and raise its consciousness um, so that it will become aware of, of who it is. So that's this larger evolutionary process. Um, so there's got to be a repository for all your experiences um, and that you are learning from because you learn through experience. You learn through raising your consciousness. And so that's what's called this causal body, um, which is created by this solar angel who comes in and forms this intermediary between the highest and lowest aspects of, of the planet. Um, so it's through that process that humanity realizes itself um, and eventually there's a, a link between your, your lower mind, which is part of your personality, um, part of your animal nature, um, with, and the, the aspect of God, which manifests as abstract intelligence, love, wisdom, and, and the, the will purpose aspect of this. So what is the end goal of this process? Uh, either um, um, Elisa or uh, Rich, you want to answer that? Well, at the center of this causal body, which was, is produced by this solar angel, is um, a, an actual fire, a, a, a blazing spark of the highest aspect of the planet. Um, all the um, aspects that, that we think of as separate are actually interconnected with each other through energy. Um, mental, emotional, and physical are energies, um, the, the uh, higher aspects of the mind, the abstract of the mind, um, the, the love-wisdom aspect, the will-purpose are all connected with each other. But because we're so dense down here that, it, that these energies which are pouring in from cosmic sources down through the, the sun, through the solar system, down through the planets, eventually down to humanity, have very little effect in the beginning and it takes, that's why we take so many incarnations over and over again. Uh, and each incarnation raises the vibration, raises the ability to experience by the separated personality. 
Um, but eventually the contact is beginning to be made so that the soul, which is a repository for the highest aspects, has the purpose uh, embodied in it, can begin to influence the lower aspect, um, and that link is beginning to be forged and it becomes stronger and stronger and the energies then which are pouring down from these higher sources which embody this purpose for the planet eventually begin to dawn on the personality of the person. Um, as that happens over time, um, the radiation is essentially set up. The soul body becomes radiated by this higher energy and eventually its energy um, is raised to the point where after it's completed its, its essential journey, um, it's got as high as it can go, then it's no longer required uh, in this process. So eventually it's burned up. All the experiences then go to this higher spark aspect of the monad, which then gleans all the experiences and can then manifest down through to humanity if needed. And so that's what we call the masters or we call them avatar. And so these masters you refer to are highly evolved humans like Jesus, Krishna, Mohammed, Moses, Confucius, and others, some of whom have returned very quietly to assist humanity through this time of crisis. And the most highly evolved of all of these masters to date is Maitreya. Maitreya, the world teacher, foretold as a messianic being by so many religions under various names, although he is the one they all expect. So meditation is that which links the lower with the higher. In this exactly. Case. Yes, exactly. So let's, let's talk about meditation. What is it and how can we use it to help us evolve in consciousness. Um, and what do we want to say about meditation here? And how does it integrate with this whole process that you've been describing? Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that at some point, as Rich alluded to when he was talking about this process, uh, the personality begins to aspire to something higher. It begins to sense that there's something beyond the world of form. And um, individuals uh, begin to look more deeply at the meaning and purpose of life itself in their daily life. Um, and this, this spiritual relationship that one is aspiring to is a connection to the soul, essentially. Um, and it's our higher self. It's really who we are in essence, uh, at least up to a point in the process. So this is when we begin to desire a need to meditate we desire to connect with meditation of one form or another because it forges this link between ourselves and the soul it, it uses our our own will our will to be you know to the discipline to actually make the space in our lives to do this exercise because we sense that there's something we, we're reaching for and so uh, there are many different forms of meditation obviously and they're all meant in essence, to bring us closer to this true self, this higher aspect of ourselves, the soul. And um, we set aside the time um, and to be outside of thought and feeling and focus on an object, for example. In many cases, that's how meditation, like focusing on the breath or other um, another object, to concentrate our conscious awareness. And in that space outside our thoughts, we experience the soul. And more and more that is built through time. Um, to do meditation effectively, as I said, you, you need to have the will involved. And so we, we have to aspire to evolve. We have to be conscious of that. Um, and through meditation done correctly, we come to experience who we really are. And I want to talk a little bit about the qualities of the soul because many people who are essentially in this process of engaging with regular meditation. Um, begin to have an experience of the soul in, in daily life. Um, and one of these uh, qualities of the soul is a sense of connectedness to all things, because that's actually what we're doing is that we're expanding our sense of who we are in this process, because the soul not only knows connection to everything and everyone, and 
everything there is in the universe. And so um, as our awareness expands and as we connect with the soul, we feel that connection to everything else. So that's one of the qualities of the soul that, that people experience. Also timelessness, because the soul is on a different plane of consciousness and there is no time. Time is a human invention. So uh, basically we have this, this experience of a new of time. Time has a different quality than it did before. And I don't know how to describe it really other than the fact that we kind of lose sense of time in the same way that we normally have it. Um, the other thing that really is inspired by our connection to our soul is a desire to serve. And I'd say that's the most uh, important one, because as we feel this connection to all things and all beings, we have a desire to serve all things and all beings. We feel this connection. We want to give up ourselves in this special um, and altruistic way. So because the soul seeks to serve the plan of God and it expresses nothing of him in service. How do we begin to experience and express even more of these qualities as we meditate? I know you have described some of them. I was thinking, too, of things like greater health, better intuition, a more calm and more balanced uh, emotional state, uh, an enhanced ability to express the love nature, and everything else um, that you had mentioned. Are there any other experiences or expressions that uh, experiences that we will um, be able to walk through and qualities that we will be able to express as we continue meditating year after year and perhaps lifetime after lifetime? Well, I was going to say the intuition, obviously, is, is a really good example. Um, the intuition is is coming from the soul level, it's actually called the higher mind. There's the higher mind and the lower mind. I think Rich alluded to that as well. And actually, maybe Rich, you'd like to speak about um, the, the connection between the higher and the lower mind. Yes, I, I was thinking about um, what David was asking about the manifestations of this. And so since the masters are working with the purpose and producing a plan for humanity, it works out through their disciples who are on the path to becoming masters and usually see them as making some unique contribution to culture for for humanity, and so you'll see them in in any field that you that you would see civilization advancing in music, in the arts, in literature, in politics, um, in education, in spirituality, in religion, in science, um, in education. All of these areas where you see some person who's made special contributions over time are very close to full realization. And so that's how it manifests for us. Those are the contributions, the service which people perform in their lives that makes a lasting contribution to the development of, of humanity through you know, our civilization and culture. And not only humanity, but we're, we are advancing through service, apparently, and meditation, moving up into the next kingdom. We're going from the fourth being humanity, mineral, plant, animal, human, to the fifth, which is the also known as the kingdom of souls where the masters reside. And could you talk a little bit about the spiritual kingdom? Yes, our responsibility as human beings is to help the evolution of all the kingdoms in nature. As Rich also said, we're an intermediary between God and the lower kingdoms. Um, we are the custodians of the lower kingdoms of nature. And um, as our awareness grows in time, we actually go through a process whereby uh, this expansion of, we have five great expansions of consciousness. And this process that we're in, as we're stepping through um, and we're building this relationship to the soul, which some, which is also re referred to as the Antakarana, which is this literally a bridge we're building between uh, the lower and the higher. Um, as we reach a point whereby the elementals, the Davic beings that in, that are actually making up the matter of all of our bodies, including on these other levels, on the emotional level, on the mental level. Uh, they're, they're tiny little lives that are actually making up our physical forms. And over time, 
uh, as the soul becomes more strong in its influence in our lives, it sort of takes control of, for example, the first level, the physical level. And at that point, when we've reached a point where the soul is really in control of that physical level, we're ready to take the first initiation. And this is a great expansion of consciousness, but we've already reached the stage before it can actually be applied to us. And so there's all this work, these hundreds of thousands of lifetimes in this building of the bridge before we reach that point. Um, but it goes on from there. And then the next level, of course, of the second initiation takes place maybe seven or eight lives later, um, because the whole process speeds up after the first initiation. Um, but uh, the individual has then reached a point where the soul is really in control of the astral or emotional body. And actually, we have this wonderful um, list of initiates in Benjamin Krem's books, My Transmission 2, um, where he has asked his master to kindly give us uh, a picture of how, you know, at what point of evolution um, any of these great being, these great people throughout history who have contributed, as Rich was talking about, to humanity through their service. Um, people like Gandhi, people like Martin Luther King, at what level of, of evolution they were so that we can see sort of this process at work and what it looks like to be a second degree initiate. So, uh, for example, I know that in that book, it's described that uh, Gandhi, for example, is a second degree initiate. So he was somebody who did not allow his um, his emotional process to get in the way of his of his service of his actually doing the work that he came to do in the world and so we have this picture of what it looks like um, how do you express that as a second degree initiate um, and the process goes on from there in fact um, according to artist esotericist and author benjamin krem the person is really divine for the first time after they've taken the third initiation um, and they're dedicated completely to the work of service to the world. The third, the third degree initiate draws more light. We're all in this process of initiation. We're drawing more subatomic light from the soul to our, our actual bodies. And so we're becoming more light as we go along this process. And the third degree initiate, um, the third degree initiation is called the transfiguration. And the body is a, a very pure vehicle for the soul at that point. We call it, it's called um, um, spiritual polarization. So um, this uh, infers a creativity that isn't possible before. Um, however creative a second or even a first degree initiate is, the third degree initiate is like beyond. And actually, there are a lot of great musical artists and painters who are listed in the list of initiates, who are third-degree initiates, like Mozart, for example. So um, most of humanity hasn't yet taken the first initiation, um, but many are on the threshold of it. And when this takes place, uh, millions of people who are awakened to service will have a tremendous effect on our planet. And um, they'll dedicate their lives to improving life on Earth. And the creative spirit of the soul will be felt, you know, everywhere. So we have this to look forward to because we're really, there's a very large number of people, according to Benjamin Krem and his master, who are on the threshold of this. So Elisa, you've taken us through the first, second, and the third initiation. Describe the fourth to us. The fourth initiation is a very big one and actually the most uh, well-known exponent of that was master jesus who took the fourth initiation on the cross and at the fourth initiation i think rich can maybe explain this a little better but i think it's when the soul is no longer uh needed as a as a vehicle an intermediary between sorry my dog is making noise uh, is no longer needed as an intermediary between uh the soul and the personality and basically the personality is then directly influenced by the monad after that. Is that correct? Am I right about that? Uh, yes. As, as you're saying that the, the bodies become more and more light, um, it's, it's also becoming more and more energetic. It's becoming more and more fiery as these energies pour in. 
And at that point, when you've completed the perfection of the personality, it's under total soul control. So you have a merging of us as a soul infused personality. Um, then the, the highest aspect, the monadic aspect, which is um, the fire of will, um, comes down and begins to absorb um, all the uh, qualities that were uh, accumulated over all those lifetimes in the soul so that nothing is lost. Everything is merged in with the highest aspect. But at the same time, its energy is so intense that it burns up all the lower vehicles, which are no longer required through the evolutionary process. Um, so everything is, is, is part of God then in, in an individualized way. Um, and so the connection between the highest aspect, the monadic aspect, um, and the lowest aspect is only when there is something for that monad who is, who is unique in a sense um, to offer as a contribution to the plan. And so that's the, that's somebody we would call a master or an avatar who comes down with that highest energy and then manifests um, as some contribution in, in, in many different areas. Um, but usually what we're familiar with is in the spiritual area, helping to raise the vibration of millions of people. So let's be clear. That is what you just described, Rich, the fifth initiation. Um, yes, yes. That's when um, the total absorption of everything that has been accumulated over many lifetimes is now one with the, the monad, with the spark of God, the individualized spark of God, and that um, is now available should it be necessary for the person to come back as a master. Um, at the end of that evolutionary journey, most of the, the self-realized beings who we call the masters leave the planet. They go into higher realms. Um, there are other higher planets than, than the Earth. Um, and a small group leave, kind of stay behind um, on this path of Earth service. And so that's when we see the masters that are, have been revealed through through Alan, Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society, uh, the Master Moria and the Master Kutumi and the Master Jesus and um, other other masters, which are along different lines. Um, and so that's those are the ones that we are familiar with um, publicly. Just to summarize what you had said, the first initiation is when we get control of the physical body and the appetites of the physical body. The second initiation would be where we get control of the emotional body. And I thought that was interesting. Some of the people you mentioned, when you think of a Martin Luther King or a Gandhi or a John F. Kennedy, all second degree initiates, you never saw them have a meltdown. I mean, they could get angry, they could get passionate, but they never lost it. And there's a good indication as to the strength of the the second initiation. And third degree initiate, there is Willie Brandt of Germany, Abraham Lincoln in the United States, Chairman Mao in China. And it just goes to show that even at the third initiation, you can still be making mistakes. And, and of course, um, as um, Elisa mentioned, You've got your Mozart, your Beethoven, your Bach. Those are the three, the big three of the third degree, uh, third initiation in music. Uh, yes, I think what we're seeing is a snapshot of time, um, and that it's hard for us to imagine what this new period is going to be when we have. Um, eventually, over the next 2,500 years, millions of people becoming masters of wisdom. This will be a, really a different planet um, than we've ever experienced in the past with a, a civilization that is dedicated to the evolution of humanity. Um, a civilization where everybody will be given whatever they need to advance um, and that the new techniques for meditation um, – it's just hard to imagine how amazing and, and beautiful and um, fulfilling for the, the purpose of this planet will be when humanity um, advances to that extent. Um, in terms of today, you can see that the conflicts that are going on, the stresses, the strains um, that are going on is because the being who ensouls the planet is just completing an initiation. And so every part of the body of that of the planet 
is going through this process, including all the kingdoms in nature. Um, and so on the positive side, the new light is coming in when an aspect of humanity is now respecting the planet. They're, they're choosing to help the, the different lower kingdoms of nature through the animals, the, the vegetables, the minerals. They're seeing that on the one hand, if we don't change, our civilization will destroy the planet. And so that realization is now spreading through more millions of people now, and especially the young people are coming in with a consciousness that they feel a oneness with this planet and different different dimensions. And so they want to help. So that's where the aspect of service comes in. They feel a need from the soul level. They're feeling a need that they want to help humanity in some way. As energies come in, then there's large segments of humanity that don't want to change. Their values are the same for the last 2,000 years. And um, the other people coming in now want to embody the new values of, of sharing and cooperation and unity and oneness and justice. Um, and so that's why we're seeing this played out. Um, but also we're seeing this going on through all the kingdoms in nature. Um, they're all going through this process. Um, and the reason for all this is that the being who ensouls the planet has gone through an initiatory process for itself. And so these are being played out with all the kingdoms in nature uh, as a part of this initiatory process, that the, the logos of the planet. Uh, so in that affirmation, um, this new world, new age prayer, um, Maitreya is trying to, to, to show the link between the higher aspect of ourself, the highest aspect of ourself, which is the spiritual spark of God, the being who ensouls this planet, that we are a part of that. Um, and that that being realizes itself through humanity, through the mental, emotional, and physical, the mind, spirit, and body, um, and the various temples, which are our bodies. Our bodies are temples, and that um, our experience as in this evolutionary process is for these bodies, this mental, emotional, and physical, to realize, to actually have the experience of the being who ensouls the planet, the spark of God. So that is the intent of this spiritualization process, the spiritualizing of the matter of mental, emotional, and physical with the energy of God. And so in this new age that we're entering into, that will be kind of the guiding symbol, this process that of becoming divine will be what the, what the whole purpose of this process for the new world religion. The, um, the individual bodies are made up of, of countless tiny lives and as the energy pours in from the soul into these mental, emotional, and physical bodies, which are made up of these tiny lives, just like your physical body is made up of trillions of cells, and the cells are all alive. The cells have their own individuality in a sense, um, separate existence, but they're all part of the whole. Um, in the same way, the mental body, the emotional body, and the physical body um, are all evolving as units, but also made up of tiny lives. And so those lives, which are what's called on the involutionary uh, process, um, will have their vibration raised, um, and that um, the, the goal then will be for the, the being who ensouls our, the soul, the solar angel, will return to its source in the sun, in the, in the, in the heart of the sun, plus having gleaned the energies of love, wisdom to, at a cosmic level. Um, and then the being who is the, the spark of God, the monad, Will have then realized its ability to to become um, a separate individuality at the material level if it chooses as an act of service. So each one of these little individual lives is being energized. Um, your whole mental, emotional, and physical body um, as as a, as a separate individual body, but as a component of all these tiny lives that make them up. All of this is having its energy levels raised. So it's all evolving. It's so this, this giant process of matter being spiritualized by these higher spiritual energies is a constant flowing in of these higher energies which elevate the lower energies, the lower, the lower parts of the system, essentially. So we're in a very dynamic system where the energies are coming in from the top and they are embodied in as various types of higher lives and the lower energies of the lives are, are being raised up. And so humanity is in the middle of this process between the divine, the higher beings, and the lower parts of our nature, which are being. So this is uh, this is the act of universal service. This process that's going on is the the higher goes down into matter, 
involves itself in it, raises up the vibration of all the lower kingdoms, and, and they proceed with this process of evolution. So from the standpoint of the whole solar system, which is kind of like the timetable for this process to take place, is that every hierarchy of being will become the next hierarchy in the next solar system. So the destiny of humanity as a whole will be to come back as solar angels in the next solar system to sacrifice their selves because now they have individuality as well as the experience of divinity for the next humanity and provide the bridge there. The solar angels will return to the heart of God coming back in the next solar system as solar as as new uh, planets, as new uh, planetary logoi. So everything keeps on evolving time after time. You know, it's a constant dynamic process. And on the one hand, you've explained this um, quite well, both uh, Rich and Elisa, to us and to our audience. On the other hand, we're only grasping it at a sort of a theoretical level. We can't possibly comprehend all of this. But what's interesting about it is the very study seems to, as I believe Benjamin Krem, who we've mentioned several times, had said, it stimulates both the mind and the intuition. And I believe that he had made that comment in reference to the books of Alice A. Bailey, who was working with the Master of Wisdom, Joala Cole, and preceded Benjamin Krem in in educating humanity on the Aegis Wisdom teaching. And of course, all her books are still available so that we can study it and we may not be able to grasp it, but even as we study it, our intuition, which is the pathway to that understanding, is being stimulated, uh, however dimly at um, at the lower levels, it's still being stimulated, and the mind is expanding. And I think that just listening to the two of you explain this is having that kind of effect on both myself and the audience. We not, may not be able to fully understand all of this, but just the exposure to it is um, kicking up our energies and amping up um, our spirits and our, even at this level, the emotional body. It gives people hope so that they know that despite the chaos that you've talked about that is engulfing the world, that there is a reason for it and there is a means to move beyond it. So could you take us back uh, Rich and Elisa, to a relation between all that these great concepts you have have elucidated for us and back to the New World Prayer that we started with. Well, I'd like to first say, actually, that um, there's a fantastic book by Alice Bailey, by the Master G.K. Cha Kool, uh, called Initiation, Human and Solar, which gives a really good snapshot of this process of initiation on our planet and also the masters it it gives us an understanding of who the masters are and the kind of work that they do and how uh, they divide up their work among the ashrams that they are heads of Um, with the prayer for the new age um, the creator of the universe exists in two aspects the father or pure spirit and the mother or pure matter and so this is why the, the prayer says, um, I am the father and the mother of the universe. So the father is the pure spirit and the mother is the matter spirit, the, the matter aspect. Um, and their union produces the sun, which is universal consciousness. And I think Rich actually is very good at explaining that everything in the, he's already said, everything in the manifested universe is conscious at some level. And from atoms to galaxies. Um, there's a constant in-breathing and out-breathing in, in the manifested uh, universe. It's, it takes a long time, but <laughs> essentially uh, what, what, what this prayer is, is, is attempting to do is to give us this, this sort of illustration of this process. And so everything that we've talked about is, it can, is encapsulated in this, essentially. And it's not just mind expanding, it's soul expanding in a sense 
And it's, as I said, giving hope to humanity and inspiration and helping us move through this transitory period in this age onto a, a higher civilization that it is hinting at that we can create. Uh, Rich, did you have any final thoughts as well? Well, I, I think that the challenge of moving between cycles, um, this law of periodicity that we're in, involved in now between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius is creating the conflict between people who have belief systems and, and a civilization structure that's been developed over the last 2,000 years. And now those ideals are no longer relevant, not only that, but those ideas are destroying the planet. If, you, if the people embody those ideas, we have new people coming in who have a, a greater sense of the, uh, the nature of the oneness of humanity. And so that's why we're seeing the conflict between people with two different ideological viewpoints, and it's becoming very polarized. But that's necessary so that people will be stimulated to make a choice about which side they are on. And so that's why we're seeing this sort of cleavage operating as, as it were um, between people of different ideologies well I want to thank you both for joining us on Planetary Makeover this has been a most inspiring and uplifting discussion and I think we're going to need to do this again and take it to another level. So I want to thank you both and hope that you will return and elucidate more of these grand concepts to the audience, the everyman, as it were, throughout the world who's tuning in and eager to embrace these ideals and to create this new world. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, David. Thank you, thank Lisa. You. Yeah, my pleasure. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternationalwest.org. That's shareinternational-west.org. For related books in DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, please go to share-ecart.com. That's share-ecart.com. Com. We also invite you to watch another show that we really love entitled What in the World is Happening? And that show, which you don't want to miss, is produced by Share International Canada. And it airs every second Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The link to check it out is share international.ca or visit the Share International Canada Facebook page.